And that's a sound of a turkey giving head. And it's probably the sound that half of you guys were making when you were deep throating turkey this holiday season. Happy belated Thanksgiving. This is the day after Thanksgiving. Friday the 27th, 2020. And again, happy belated Thanksgiving, but it is now Chester Friday. Thanksgiving's over. And it's a scary time when you see somebody deep-throating some turkey. I have a cousin named Clark. And um, growing up, I never thought Clark was gay or anything. And I'm not talking about Clark from uh, my past stories. I actually do have a cousin named Clark. And when when me and my cousin, uh, Matthew... Okay, Matt, sorry, Matthew, had to use your real name. I couldn't think of a name on the fly. But when when me and my cousin Matthew were younger, and then I had we had the cousin Clark, he would do, I don't know if you ever seen those things, like marbles. Marbles are kind of small, but then there's like the big marbles, the cat-eye marbles. And sometimes we would swim in our Uncle Roy's pool, and Clark, he would always kind of... Um, pull his nuts out and do that Chinese trick. It was like those two big metal balls or, or big marbles. And you can only hold two in your hand and it's supposed to calm you down by kind of like rotating them and stuff. I don't know if anybody knows what I'm talking about, but it's like a Chinese thing and you put two big ass marbles in your hand and you're supposed to make them like go, you know, clockwise or counterclockwise, but it's supposed to calm you down by them rolling against each other and stuff. So I, we had a cousin named Clark that would, you know, in the pool, he would play that trick. And even though we weren't the ones actually rotating his nuts, it was him rotating his own nuts. It reminded me of those two marbles that are supposed to calm you down. And every time my cousin Clark would rotate, you know, his nuts and he was left handed, which I always thought was weird. Um, it actually calmed me down. And I say that to say this. You know, I had a very peaceful and, and great Thanksgiving. And never thought my cousin Clark was gay. Um, but, you know, when we're serving up the turkey, some people want some turkey breast. I like some turkey pussy, you know what I mean? So I got the, like, I was kind of like the dude with the weak hand. He had the small hand on Scary Movie 2, where he's like, no, take take my little hand. My other one's not strong enough. And I don't remember if you remember the scene where he's licking the turkey. He's like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to lick that anyway. So, you know, I was a little high, and I had a few shots. I wasn't drunk, but I had a few shots. And so, you know, I was just taking, like, the leftovers, like, you know, I was trying to take the strange pieces of turkey. I don't care if it's the white meat, the dark meat. You know, I'm taking, I'm just trying to take something strange and hope that I hit one of those wishbones, get one of those in my slices of meat. But uh, Clark, you know, one of the family members split him off 
a turkey thigh or a turkey leg. I don't know what you would call it. With chicken, I know it's a thigh. I, I guess it would be a turkey thigh. But they hit him off with one of those bad boys. So Clark got so into it, it caused like a family scare. Because we never, we always knew he was a little weird. Like I said, he would like play with his balls in the pool. He'd do certain things to like relax everybody. But this Thanksgiving, he sucked on that chicken, that chicken thigh, that chicken leg so hard that he actually sucked the bone down and we had to give him the Heimlich to save his life. And um, that's when I finally realized that you know, my 35-year-old cousin Clark is actually gay. And I was wondering, okay, you know, they always say, like, gay runs in the family. Like, if if you have somebody, because, you know, even gay people say it's genetic. It's genetic to be gay. It's not your choice. You're born gay. Well, if you're born gay, somebody in your family has to be gay, right? Well, I remember having other cousins, and I don't see them anymore. And then, you know, every time I think about them, everyone, like, gets quiet or they change, like, the subject. Like, Joe Biden's really the racist. And then I remember every time I, like, last seen my other cousins that weren't really, like, tough like me, um, my dad is the one that gave him a ride home. And then I just never seen him again, so... Wow, I'm coming to a lot of realizations the day after Thanksgiving 2020. This is... Look, don't call the cops. This hasn't been fully investigated yet, all right? All I'm saying is I'm thankful for... Even if they're gay, I'm thankful for the gay cousins that are still alive. That give me the opportunity to save their lives while they're sucking the fucking meat off a chicken bone like I've never seen even one of my pit bulls do. And most likely RIP to my other cousins that, that left with my dad and never came back. But beyond that, I had a really good Thanksgiving. Shout out the homie Fawaz. He gave me a, a nice double shot right before my podcast, too. Didn't even know I was about to record my podcast. Gave me a light, nice uh, little, you know, double shot of some... Maya something. It's like in a ceramic bottle. It's round. Uh, it's like a hundred dollar, hundred something dollar, you know, bottle of tequila. That was very nice. Wasn't expecting that. But yeah, it's it's the day after Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful for all my family. Gay, straight. I'm thankful for my friends to give me free shots because you know y'all ain't getting no shots out of me. You can ask Elmer. You can ask Kamari. No, I'm just kidding. I give them free shots, too. I Look, gotta spread the love. Let's put, let's put the holidays aside now. What I'm really thankful for, beyond my family, my daughter, my sons, my, my wife, my job, my podcast, we can spend all day being thankful, right? But at the base of this podcast, I have to be thankful for my life experiences and my memories. So, these memories that I'm about to share, 
and by no means are they over, but I don't like to extend my podcast past, you know, 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, I'll, I'll try to stop somewhere in between there, but I'm also not going to rush it. And I did say on the last podcast that I'm not going to continue telling security stories, but I recently reached out to one of my um, fellow security guard friends went from when I was a security guard back in 2013. And I'm going to say your name. I won't say your last name, but I'm going to say your name because you said you listen to my podcast. And if you don't listen to my podcast, then no damage done anyway. His name's Connor. Okay. And I used to do security in Richmond, Richmond, California. And I'd watch over this stupid ass parking lot. And I'd go into the business that I was guarding to quote unquote use the restroom. And I stole a windbreaker. And I stole a three ring binder. And it had leather on the outside and and it zipped up down the middle. And I stole employees food. And I watched CNN on the TV. And then I go back to my security booth after everything was secure. And I would make blueberry milkshakes. And I had a George Foreman grill. And I would grill cheeseburgers. While I'm supposed to be guarding this parking lot. And every once in a while I'd hear a bum scream. Because they... um, to preface that, I had like a, a big field kind of across from me. It's before you start getting into Point Richmond. Well, I was like kind of on the edge of Point Richmond and Southside Richmond. And when you start looking over across the street, you start getting into Southside Richmond. And there was a big empty field and bums would live there, like in the bushes and grass and stuff. And so, yeah, sometimes they would be fighting and stuff like that. And so sometimes, you know, I would hear them yelling at each other. And then when it finally got quiet, I'd watch some porn. I would do, you know, a lot of stuff. I'd be grubbing and jacking and stealing and even sleeping because employees didn't start coming in until about five or six in the morning. Well, the next person that would come and follow up was my friend Connor, another security guard. And I just got to shout him out because there's a lot of stories. There's a lot of times we got drunk in the security booth. Because what are we really guarding? I remember being trained and some old Filipino dudes like, yeah, the last time there was a robbery was nine years ago. And it was in the warehouse next door in the other parking lot. Not our problem. And I never witnessed no crime. I'd start going home early in the morning and there would be like crackhead prostitutes trying to, you know, wave me down or step in front of my car. So I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, yeah, I'll just. My right hand works good enough. But I had a friend that that when we would switch shifts, 
I would be able to kind of, you know, stand around, smoke a blunt around him. He wouldn't smoke with me, but he would chill and talk and tell me his stories. And that's really what I want to make this story about, this episode about, is my friend Connor. And I don't want to name the security company. But Connor, if you're listening, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. So Connor is like a six foot two, 300 pound Irish kid. His face looked like a tomato. His hair looked like he cut it with the scissors that you, you cut poop off your dog, dog's butt. If you have like a little dog, mostly, you you know, or a long haired dog, you usually have to like, like, look, if you're white, most of the time, um, your mom does that. She clips poop off of the dog's butt and then that's the same scissors she also uses to give you a home style haircut. Just saying. I'm not saying you weren't fly, Connor. Connor, you were fly. You are just fat and stunk a little. And always did chewing tobacco. And you were always red. But you brought some bomb alcohol. And we would get drunk and pass out together. In the booth. No homo. When we're supposed to be guarding a parking lot. And Connor was a character because... He finally got a girlfriend. And this was my second to last job as a security guard. And he was always he was always cool. He drank my blueberry milkshakes. He ate my George Foreman grill. Um, you know, burgers and stuff and but he would come in with some alcohol. And so One day he kind of opened up to me. He told, oh, I just got a girlfriend and stuff. I'm like, finally, bro, finally. Like, I started thinking, like, you just enjoyed, you know, playing camp out with me in this in this shed. And it got kind of weird because I would smoke weed, but he wouldn't smoke it. It's almost like he wanted to get me high and wait for me to fall asleep. But I wear a chastity belt. That's one thing he didn't know. And if if I was too drunk or high to know, well, he found out. He ain't getting in this bum bum. But, uh, yeah, he's like, no, I finally got a girlfriend. I'm like, no way, because he used to, like, always say he had girlfriends, but he would show me snapshots of stuff that you would find on Google. It's like, yeah, I met this bitch at a bar. And then it would look like some bitch on a pole from Playboy Mansion, but only, like, a solo, like, no crowd or nothing. It just looked very, like, staged, and he expected me to believe it, so I just pretended. But no, he's like, no, for real, I got a girlfriend. I'm like, good, you know, you're six foot two. You know, yeah, you're a little red. You're, you know, 300 pounds, a little fat. Okay, okay. But you got this 120-pound baddie. Ain't my style, but, you know, you got a 120-pound baddie. I'm not going to hate. And you're my friend, so I'm going to believe you. Well, this dude gets a job, I forget, he ends up, I mean, I left first, I I still did security, but I did security, like, at a hospital, I moved, and I did security at a hospital, but I'd still come smoke weed, and um, watch him play Dungeons and Dragons with some, like, old-ass dude, which was weird, but, like, he was always true, 
and he was cool and everything like that. Well, not the, the other dude. I'm talking about Connor. He was always cool. He always kept it real. But then, you know, like, I'm like, so how's it going? Oh, well, you know, she moved into my house. My parents, house, like, he stayed with his parents, and she moved into his parents' house. And it's in the 90s in Oakland. Not the 1990s, but I'm talking about, like, I think he lived in on 98th or 99th. It's kind of by the old Raider Stadium. Like, I'm talking about the hood. And he would talk about, like, oh, yeah, you know, some hood shit was going on outside of my window, and it stopped me from sleeping, so I shot my 44 out of my bedroom window into the sky and scattered the situation. Yeah, sure you did, dude. Sure you did. Well, apparently this chick that he met online, even though he's dating baddies from online, they're sending him all these naked photos, or he, he met him at the bar, or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Uh, he ends up having some bitch that I never got the picture of her. I never got to see a picture of her, but, you know, she moved in with him. But he got a new job. He moved out of the parking lot. When I went to do security at a hospital, he went and did security or I think he went up to TSA or something. Like he did something a little bit different. And so when I would come back and visit him before he moved his jobs, um, he was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm working a lot of hours between here and there. I'm working a lot of hours. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's a struggle. It's worth the money, but I understand. He's like, no, dude, you don't understand. You don't understand. My girlfriend lives with me and my parents. She moved in. And she gives me head every morning. But after she gives me head, I'm too lazy to return the favor. And I just go to sleep. Uh... <laughs> hmm, okay. And he says, and I feel bad for her. Because I got this big, and he grabbed it. He looked like he was damn near doing the truffle shuffle from the Goonies. He grabbed his fat ass belly. And he's like, when she gives me head, it looks like I'm giving her a meat eye patch. And I kind of wanted to throw up there because I was already coughing from my weed. I was already smoking some weed and coughing. But that shit was fucking disgusting. But I also could definitely envision what would happen if you were trying to give him head. It was probably like, like not head, like, I'm not worried about his dick part. I'm just saying his belly would probably be like sludge over the back of your head. You would probably, they say when you get caught in a snowstorm or an avalanche, an avalanche, an avalanche. And you don't know what direction is up in an avalanche. You spit, and you see what way your spit goes. If it goes up over your forehead, you know you're upside down. You know? Like, you spit to see which way your your stuff goes. So I imagine a fat Irish avalanche of belly fat going over this poor woman's face, and even the person receiving the head felt bad. And he's like, you know, I feel bad because I can't give her hers. And in my head, 
I'm like, you gave Taco Bell its. You gave Jack in the Box its. You gave Krispy Kreme its. You could at the very least put something in your mouth and give your girl something. Okay, okay, uh, you know. Sometimes, you know, as a man, maybe you have, you know, a little bit of dick problems or something, or you got to wait 30 minutes or, you know, everyone's different. That I'm not going to, you know, really just beat him down for. But at the very least, she gave you head. You could give her head. But I'm too tired. I'm, I'm lazy. So you know what he did? My friend, Connor... You shouldn't even be my friend after this. Connor goes to an Oakland smoke shop. An Oakland, California smoke shop. He doesn't even go to a toy, like a, a, a adult toy store. He goes to a smoke shop and buys a half-price returned dildo. And he's like, oh, baby, I'm sorry you give me head all the time and you just, you know, and I can't give you nothing back, but you know how hard, hard, you know, how hard I'm working. Here's a smoke shop dildo. And then he really has the nerve, the confidence to tell me that costs $50. Not to mention, I mean, we only did make about $2,000 a month in those days. But he was proud over the $200 dildo. It didn't vibrate or nothing. And who knows how stiff it was. Hopefully it wasn't one of those little jiggly ones. Women don't want no jiggly thing. They want something hard. You might as well have ate a whole pork chop and gave her the pork chop. But in any event, that is actually the story. And uh, that's really all I want to say today. I hope everyone had a th- good Thanksgiving. And Connor, especially you, sorry for using your real name, but I didn't lose I didn't use your real last name. So you know, you gotta kind of deal with it. You can't sue me. And we ain't really cool no more. You act weird. I reached out to you and you acted you acted really weird. Like you were trying to be cool. I made you cool. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, much love to everybody. That's my episode for this Friday. Until next week, thanks for checking in. I love you all. Bye-bye.